Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, Talk Recorded live. Hi, everybody. It's September the 7th. Oh, my God, it's September. <gasps> the year is almost over. Anyway, 2017, the time is 6.06 p.m. California time. It's time for my private audio call. And tonight, our special guest speaker is Paul John Hansen. Welcome, Paul. I'm so glad to have you tonight. Glad to be here. Our guest speaker. And um, you say you just want to you do better with people asking questions. So, Let's start off with that. And uh, the first question is from Great Bazoo. Everybody else, press star eight, and that'll put your hand up in the queue so I can see you. Uh, in the meantime, Great Bazoo, you've been unmuted. Go ahead. Do you have a question? Hi, Hi Angela. First of all. Hi, Paul. <laughs> Howdy. Um, last time you were on, you were talking a lot about the U.S. citizen. And um, it kind of piqued my interest about how that works, and I went and downloaded the Oath of Citizenship, or the Oath of Allegiance, what it's called. And in there, it says that a member, an officer from the INS will conduct an interview and ask questions from Part 8. And so there's like a little test before you do that. So are you saying that in order for them to prove like an element of them to prove you're a citizen is to have the oath of allegiance on the on the record, and there would be a connection to an officer from INS who conducted the interview questions, as well as the judge performing the oath. Right? Is that is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. Um, judges, uh, as far as I know, judge, any U.S. judge and uh, administer that oath. So, uh, of course, judges are not judges. They're administrators of written law of the United States. But uh, the main thing to remember is uh, citizenship is a contract. And uh, every relationship with the United States is contract. If the United States claims a nexus with you, it's a contract or, or, or a real simple contact. If you shoot a bow and arrow, if you shoot a arrow into their jurisdiction with a bow, that's contact. They, uh, so uh, that is a form of contract. But um, much more, if I walk onto your land, that's uh, a contact where I'm actually entering your jurisdiction. So that, that shooting an arrow into their jurisdiction is entering their jurisdiction, mailing a letter into their jurisdiction. Uh, entering uh, documents into their court, uh, serving liens into their system, uh, all kinds of ways you can get entangled with them. Uh, normally, if you are a little bit diligent, uh, you can stay out of their jurisdiction. Most states, pretty easy to stay off of federal land. But uh, okay. a U.S. citizenship is a contract, and that's the number one thing. 
uh, contracts are are generally uh, have, they have general rules around the you know the entire world have established general rules for the elements of a contract and they're pretty simple: full disclosure, meetings of the minds, agreement, acceptance, and the, the contract has to be conscionable to be enforced in a U.S. Yeah. court. And, and consideration, too, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah there has to be something that uh, that is offered. Um, you know, if uh, when, the, when the United States offers you U.S. citizenship, they're, they're offering everything Congress allows them to offer, is, uh, which is a, a big problem because a, a person from a foreign country can come here and have not paid anything into the system, may never pay anything into the system, and yet qualify for benefits services from the United States. That's a problem. Uh, normally, uh, when people come on somebody's land in any distressed fashion, the people understand that and help them get on their feet, but it's not, it's not a lifetime program. It's only for a few weeks. Get their health and condition, and they get out in the garden and start working. Yes, yeah. And, I, I had an argument so. with a friend that they were like, how come all these people come over here from India and the next thing you know they got a 7-Eleven? And I tell them, look, you can't have people coming over here from India having bad credit and no, no way to, you know, you're going to have a bunch of bums. And they're going to call back to India and say, hey, don't come here. There's no, there's no American dream over here. You know, and then next thing you know, nobody, nobody's coming. People will stop coming. If they can come here and get a loan or a grant or something, business loan for $100,000 to set up a franchise, they're going to call back to all their friends and say, hey, come on, everybody. But one more thing I'm interested in hearing about. Like, say, how, how does this play out? In, in, say, a court setting, you're arrested, you're drugged in there, and you say, well, Judge, I'm not a U.S. citizen. He says, I don't care you were speeding or you were, you know, you did something, and I don't care if you're a citizen or not. You broke the law. You know, how, how does that play out? You U.S. Uh, citizen, um, if you're a U.S. if you are a U.S. <laughs> if you are a U.S. citizen, you are treated differently than someone that is not a U.S. citizen. If you are found to be a uh, foreigner uh, on their land uh, in violation of law, you're going to be treated differently. If you're found to be a, I call it a national, American national, I, I wouldn't say that in American in, in a U.S. court, but just make things simple for this conversation here. American national, and I, I'll just call American national something that's, that's American soil for seven or more years. Okay, so you got three classes of people there. The Bill of Rights is not afforded to the U.S. citizen because he's completely administrated, administratively governed. They they have their own uh, written laws to govern their subject. The Bill of Rights was placed in the Constitution under a, uh, with a lot of uh, resistance because the state, uh, the people that put the U.S. Constitution together told the, the floor uh, during floor debates that this is going to confuse the people because the U.S. Constitution is a relationship between the states, not relationship 
between people. And there, there should be nothing in this document in relationship to people. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you know, general people, unless they're uh, possibly subjects. They never even entertained subjects of the United States at that time. That didn't come until way after the court. Amendment. But if you're if you're arrested, and let's say you're you're driving down a highway and your your license plate light light is out, that's one of their favorite things to do. Is there's a lot of cars that are license plates out. Don't even know you're supposed to have one. So they pull you over because your plate light out is out, and they ask for license registration insurance. Now, if you hand them a driver's license, you are automatically presumed to be a U.S. citizen because driver's license is supposed to be given to U.S. citizens exclusively. If you, uh, therefore, you're not afforded the Bill of Rights and you're processed administratively. So uh, that is a bad thing to do. Uh, it is, it's not good to give a police officer a driver's license unless you're in a activity and a location that requires that driver's license. Okay. So, uh, so my friend from Missouri, he he's won every traffic case he's ever had. I think he's on nine or ten now. And he, when he gets pulled over, he immediately asks um, if I if I give you any of those documents, can they use be used against me in a court of law? Officer. And he says, well, I, I, I do not wish to uh, provide any evidence against criminal prosecution. And, and the officers are supposed to put asking for him at that minute, at that moment. That's basically pleading the fifth. Not, you're not supposed to provide testimony. Hey, Paul, excuse me, Paul. Yep. Could you speak right into the mic? Because you're, it sounds like you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, let me see my, how many bars I got on my phone. I got plenty of bars. Um, oh yeah. Uh, okay. Is that is that better now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's, a, it's kind of a, I, I'm actually speaking to the face of my phone. Oh, uh, I only had it like four inches further away from my mouth. So uh, testing one two three one two three is that good? Yeah. Good now. Okay. So the um, uh, the handing of the driver's license is a is an identification. And uh, what I want to bring out is that the driver's license in your possession does not prejudice you. So if, if you have that driver's license in your glove compartment and you never do give it to them, uh, they, they are supposed to process you as a non-U.S. citizen. Uh, and uh, they're not supposed to skip to the administrative stage. Therefore, you are afforded the Bill of Rights. And the Bill of Rights requires uh, the Fourth Amendment process, for example. The Bill of Rights requires a complaint sworn uh, within 72 hours of the uh, specifying that uh, you qualify to be uh, within the scope of the written law that they're charging you with. So uh, to answer your question, that uh, how does a U.S. citizen uh, treated differently, uh, that's just one example. Does that help your question a little bit? I can give you an example of a U.S. Yeah, yeah. being treated differently okay. in, a, in a federal court. 
There was a Go case. That, it's called Barron v. Mayor and City Council of Baltimore, 32 U.S. 243, and it says the people does not include U.S. citizens. Yep. Pretty telling, isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty telling, and it reminds me of what you were what you're telling me. Reminds me of uh, something that I read that it's like uh, failure to produce uh, a contract is equal to a to an estoppel. And when I was pulled over for jaywalking, and the guy came running up to me and demanding the driver's license, I told him I don't, I'm not driving, and he switched up to give me your identification, and I said I don't need one. I don't have one. He said, why don't you? I said, I don't need one. And, you know, I mean, that kind of only exacerbated his demands to figure out who I was, you know, expecting I'm eluding a warrant or something like that. But Right. Go ahead. He, um, I gave him enough information to where he can check my name. But I didn't get a ticket. So yeah, he, yeah. He, he gave me a warning for jaywalking, basically. Yeah, I remember uh, one time David Clarence um, out of California, he was pulled over once, and uh, the guy asked for an identification. He just pointed at his face and smiled. <laughs> Says you want to... <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it's, 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 they're uh, they're not they're they're not allowed to force. How, how about if I ran up to you and asked and tried to get your identification out of you or your name? You you have every right to say. Well, by what authority am I required? Are you are you exercising that I'm required to give you anything? Anything? Yeah. And. Uh, Put the, uh, because these police officers, they're uh, of a city. A police officer of a city is a subdivision of the United States. Any subdivision of the United States is military. Those police officers are military. And that does explain why they sometimes get military equipment. Um, they got the ranks, too. The they got the ranks. They, yeah. they have the process of the military. Uh, you're exactly right. Give an example, uh, like police chief, uh, captain. Um, there's probably several others that I'm not aware of, but uh, yeah, they they are military. They uh, they are a U.S. officer, and guess where those U.S. officers are supposed to exercise uh, military action? U.S. territory. On U.S. land, yes, not on private property. Most of America, 75 percent of America private property. They are only supposed to be on 25% of American property enforcing their congressional written law. Okay, so so if if they fail to prove you're a U.S. citizen, then they start to treat you differently because they've lost in personam jurisdiction, and then if they can't prove that you're on U.S. soil ceded to the United States, or state land ceded to the United States, then they lose territorial jurisdiction or they'll lose venue, right? Well, if they lose personal jurisdiction, they're done. Uh, right. Unless they can prove up territorial jurisdiction. If they have territorial jurisdiction, they have personal jurisdiction. They, okay. If they have personal jurisdiction, there's a, there's a chance that you are governed, uh, even when you're not on U.S. land. Because there are certain... Uh, 
congressional laws that follow you regardless of where you're at. You don't yeah, have yeah. to be on, you don't have reading, to be on government land. Uh, uh, the Foreign Affairs Manual, 7 Fam, uh, 1100, 1300, all that stuff about the passport. And they're saying, like, if you if you travel anywhere in the world and you have your passport, you still have that protection of the United States. Like, if you went to Siberia, they go, oh, they want you to pay taxes. <laughs> you know, it's like their territory expands to this small sphere around their citizens no matter where you go. Not all the congressional laws do, but uh, like t- Title 26 it definitely does. It doesn't make where you make the income. It's included in the, it's supposed to be included in the forms that they provide for a U.S. citizen to fill out for the taxation. The, uh, you, you mentioned earlier that you, you would mention to an officer that you're not a U.S. citizen. You, you, you never want to say you're not a U.S. citizen. You only want to uh, challenge if they have any evidence that you've elected to become a U.S. citizen. If I'm in court and they ask me if I'm a U.S. citizen, they do this in federal court. I've been in federal court where they've asked me this. They usually get real flowery, flowery in their questions and real polite, and they all of a sudden they say, Are you, you're a U.S. citizen, aren't you, Mr. Hansen? They're trying to try to trick you to say yes. As soon as they say yes, the judge can check that little box off of personal jurisdiction. Because personal jurisdiction is what did I say, do or sign, does this U.S. court have jurisdiction over me? So anyway, the reason you don't want to say that you're a U.S. citizen is, is pretty obvious. We've discussed that. Now, the reason you do not, you want to, you never want to say that you're not a U.S. citizen is because the burden of proof shifts to you. If you're in front of a, you're in a U.S. court in front of a police officer, it's best to keep the burden of proof on the, you know, the United States agent. Mm-hmm. And you, simp- you simply say, uh, I have no evidence <clears throat> in my possession that I've ever elected to become a U.S. citizen. When you say that, especially police officers, he's going to look at you and he's going to go, that's a very intelligent way to answer the question. Uh, and they'll, they'll often ask you, did you go to law school? Go ahead and say yes. Because <laughs> I think <laughs> I think you've gone to law school, maybe more than me. You've studied it intel- intently. So yeah, uh, go, go ahead and tell them yes. Yes. And then when they ask you where, they well, I'd like to keep my personal business for private. But anyway, it puts a little bit of fear in them. And um, even, if you're, uh, even if you're in the witness den, Go ahead and see. You went to law school. Might have went in there and just used the bathroom, but you went to law school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, it, it's the it's a little bit of a Chinese art. I can't remember what it's called, but when you're weak, uh, present yourself as strong, and when you're strong, present yourself as weak. You always have them off off balance. But uh, always keep the burden of proof on them on everything. You don't. You don't have to keep the burden of proof on. Uh, even if even if they want your name, I mean, I, I've seen YouTube's and you guys probably have too, where somebody's carrying a, a rifle on their shoulder down the middle of a busy street, and the officer runs up and tries to get the guy's name. And he's a, he's a lawyer, and he simply says, "I violated. Have you have you witnessed me violate a crime?" Uh, 
you know, the officer will say, no, I'd like to be on my way. No, you don't have to give me your name. So, uh, so anyway, um, uh, yeah, go ahead, ask a question. I'd like to have you guys interact back and forth. Okay. Uh, I, I had a question. <laughs> so, yeah, just, just to keep saying that I don't have any evidence of that. And they'll be hunting for some evidence. So what if you check the box on a voting registration out of it in a different state? Like if they were somehow able to say, oh, back in 2006, you went and registered at the DMV to vote for a Republican. So you check the box here, and that's your that's evidence that you've elected to be a U.S. citizen. Right. But that but that does not make you a US citizen. There's only one way you can become a US citizen. If you're if you're eighteen years old or older, there's only one way you can become a US citizen. And that you have to be in front of somebody that can re- can uh present the uh hear, hear you say the oath of citizenship. And take that, a record of it. A trick question, like where were you born? Well, see, this is this is the reason they're asking that is they're they're trying to get you, they're trained to try to get you to associate with city, or county, or state, or United States, because all those terms in the United States Code are defined as a possession or territory of the United States. If you tell them you live on a, you live on land that is of a city or of a county or of the state or the United States, you're telling them that you are a you are residing on and a resident on their land where their law is operative where their land is operating so they you just told them that they have territorial jurisdiction uh to 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 a point to a point anyway if if you live on your their land they have some degree of governance over you Mm-hmm. I don't know. Every situation might be a little bit different, but if you're in a U.S. court, they try to get you to say that you're a U.S. citizen, or they try to get you to say a word that will associate you with residence or residing with the United States. Every time, every traffic ticket, they will get so up there and say, say that they will say that. That question, like you know, I I don't know where I was born because I was. I was too young to notice. No, you don't have to answer the question at all. Oh, really? Uh, well, if they, if they, if they uh, well, where where are they asking you the question? Tell me where they're asking you the question. Are you under? Well, maybe you know, maybe they they can't get you to, if you're in court or something, and they can't get you to admit that you're a U.S. citizen or where do you reside. They'll ask you what your where do you reside or they'll they'll want your address or where were you born or okay let me let me answer that uh, before we go on if if they want you to give an address you just say the address that they tell you to put on your mailing let mailing letter and you, you can go ahead and give the numbers that are the zip code but don't don't say the word zip code and then say uh, without the United States post location just tell them that's a post location without the United States. The, the word post came from uh, early American, or probably early 
you know, maybe maybe thousands of years ago. It's just simply a post in the middle of town that you nailed a piece of paper to that somebody could walk up and read. So it's a it's a place where you you really you receive communications in written form. That's what a post is. So it's a post location without the United States. And and without the United States the communication that those numbers that you just gave them has have nothing to do with the United States. And a, fe- a federal court will, if if the prosecutor puts in an evidence, puts in a zip code, you do not challenge it. The judge will take it as resident address, uh, as a resident address of the United States. He'll use it against you. I've been in federal court. I've studied federal court documents where the judge said, uh, "Sir, the prosecutor read this address, and you didn't." You didn't re, uh, challenge it at all. Therefore, we have territorial jurisdiction. So, uh, uh, but anyway, as far as city, county, and state, if they ever bring right. up city, county, or state, you just simply say, I have no evidence in my possession that I've ever elected to live on land that is city or county or state or land of the United States or any land okay. of the United States. Or maybe they'll ask you, is this is this your correct address? You know, something like that. If it, it's just, just simply, just simply out. say, just simply say, let me look at it. Yeah. And then, then this is what I say. I say that is a series of numbers and letters that the that the, the man that delivers mail to my mailbox says that I must put on the envelope to get mail. And then just simply say, but that is a post location without the United States. Right. Then you just then you just simply say, I have no evidence in my possession that I live on any land that is of the United States. Then the burden yeah. the burden shifts to them. I did see recently that the, de- the definition of state. I think it was Title Twenty One. I forget where I saw. Maybe it was Title Title Four. It said state means. Uh, land ceded to United States and federal areas, and then it goes on to federal areas are um, territories and, and districts, Columbia, and all that stuff. Like, yes, every every fifty, each of the fifty states' legislative definition of state says something very similar to this: state shall mean possession or territory of the United States. It's an absolute trick, trick term. Okay, the state, so then the state the state is singular. They're not saying state, saying state. Yes. Yeah, okay, like there's a distinction think, between the fifty. There's a distinction between the fifty states in in U.S. written law and the United States. Right, right. Because what is excluded is the union of states or the several states. It says nothing about the the Union or the several states or one of the 50 states. It never says anything like that. So the state no. of, say, state of Texas would only be talking reference to that land that is ceded to United States or a federal area. Yes, yes. But don't, but don't get into that. Just force them. Um, Carl Lentz is pretty good about this. He would just take a picture of the land and he would enter it into... Uh, the uh, record, and he would get them to look at the picture and say, uh, "Is this land of the United States?" 
He doesn't he doesn't identify the land by their identification numbers, by their identification number uh, names or anything. He just has an aerial photo and he takes a red pen and he circles a piece of land. He says, you, you guys have had 30 days to bring in the evidence if the United States has an ownership interest in that land. What have you brought? He doesn't name it. He doesn't identify it. He doesn't do anything like that. That's very, that's very good because it keeps the burden of proof completely on them every point. Otherwise, what what happens is you start identifying with their with using their trick terms. Yeah. And, and the judge leans back and, and says, "Thank you very much." I've been in court where the judge did that. I was I was destroying them on a tax case one, and they didn't know where to go. And the judge started hollering at me, and he says, "Mr. Hanson, is this this, this land in Douglas County?" He, kept, he hollered at me like three times, and I finally said, "I didn't know better back then." I said. Yeah, territorially, I guess. It was good enough for me. I rule for the county. And that's what inspired <laughs> me to go investigate what the word county meant. I found out it meant federal possession. Because the government can only tax their own land. You can only charge rent to me if you own the land. Yeah. So there's a few... I found this video. I put it in the chat. I don't know if you saw that, Angela. It's called... Feudalism, a contract of silence. And it's, it goes into huh. all this feudalism because, like, when you get the mortgage and they give you, you can only own your house in fee simple, right? Like a fee is from feudal, is a feudal term from, like, fee a fee or whatever. And I don't know. I only watched it one time, but it blew my mind. I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. Yeah, you don't really own it. You're a tenant. <clears throat> yeah, you know, and it makes sense that you have to pay taxes on it. And well, no, it doesn't work that way. The uh, ah. a deed is a deed is only prima facie evidence. It's not it. It doesn't uh, communicate facts. It's only prima facie evidence. Prima facie evidence is is, is assumed to be true until until challenged. Okay, so a deed a deed only hurts you if it's presented and you don't challenge anything on that deed. So if the deed says it's in the city, county, or state, or the United States, uh, all you do is challenge it. you guys have any evidence that it's of the city, county, state, or the United States? And they fall flat on their face. Because if they say yes, you simply say, well, who's the witness that's going to testify to that that fact? Well, we got Joe here. I'll put Joe on the witness stand. Joe, what evidence do you have that that piece of land is of the city, county, state, or the United States? Uh, the the uh, warranty deed that you filed, sir. <laughs> you can't use that document to prove that the state owns that land. Anyway, they're done. They're done. Cool. If the if the state does own that land, they will have a chain of title document that proves they do own the land. They will have it. Yeah, and they'll be very proud to show that to you too. They'll be throwing it. You in bet. Your face. Oh, yeah, here it is. <laughs> you bet. You bet. And uh, and that's why if you have a land patent, that's the that's evidence that the, that they parted with the land at one time in history. They don't have to part with all of the land. They don't have to part with the mineral rights or the water rights uh, or the air rights. I think they can even retain that somewhat. Uh, but uh, so anyway, you, you take a look at that land patent, and uh, it's 
that, that shows you at least that they parted with something in that area. And usually it's everything, but sometimes it's only only the land and not the uh, not the water rights or the mineral rights. Um, anyway, uh, go ahead. Uh, I'm good. Thanks, Paul. Hey, uh, one okay. more thing. What about what if you're on a state road? Wouldn't that be? Uh, I've never been on a state road ever. I don't think they. There are very very few of them. Yeah, there might in Nebraska. There's probably not a single state road. Except if I'm on, uh, let's just say I got on a military base and they own 10 square miles or, or three square miles, uh, then then that road would be a state road. But they across the country, uh, there's very little of that. Uh, Nevada is going to be a lot of state roads because 84% of Nevada is owned by the United States. Nebraska is only 1.4%. Uh, SAC Air Force Base is one of the biggest military facilities in America, and it's all it's all leased land. They don't even own it. Um, so even even if they've got uh, you know massive equipment on it, sometimes the government doesn't own it. It's leased. They got a 99 year lease on that SAC Air Force Base. You know, most of SAC Air Force Base is underground. It's a, it's a city underground. It, it can with handle it can almost handle a direct military uh, nuclear blast. Are you the guy who tells the story about the guy who got into a fight at the post office? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I remember that. I that's a great story. Yes, and that's, uh, that was a, a college professor that wanted to show his class uh, territorial jurisdiction. And, uh, yep, yeah, I did. Okay, Angela, is there a next question? You can, you can certainly come on. You've got let's good questions. Let's here. Um, let's see. Well, Donaldson wants to ask a question. Okay. <clears throat> you want to take a question from Donaldson? I feel brave today, yeah. <laughs> okay, Donaldson, make it short and sweet and don't elaborate and get all off on a tangent, okay? Please be nice and be concise. There you go. You've been unmuted. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Donaldson. Hello? <clears throat> there you go. Well, okay. my reputation is tarnished, to say the least of, of it. Uh, it's a shame that uh, I have to be warned to be polite and respectful when there's no evidence that I'm actually responsible for another man or woman's emotions. Do you, However, do you have a question? Um, do you have I a question? Ask, yeah, yeah. I ask, yeah, here we go. God bless America. You know, you sent me an email and you called me a bad name, Okay. You should be thankful that I just let you un- be unmuted. Give him, give him one more chance. If he if he wants to waste our time, we'll mute him off the rest of the evening. But uh, All right. give him one more chance. Okay, there you go. Ask a question. Okay, I'm not trying to Why waste not? anybody's time here. Hello. Look, I want to know, first of all, what is your remedy for healing the world's problems? I mean... I have one. Everyone's working on something, you know. Um, so, you know, what is what is this call? I mean, about you know, 
What are you really on about tonight? Well, the uh, God tells us his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So if you've ever got a question of what you should be doing on earth, study what God wants done. And that's the direction you should go. Simple as that. It's not. It's not. It's not gonna. That, that answer is not gonna land in your lap. You've got to do some diligent study, and seek other people that uh, study the same uh, diligence with, with, with such diligence. And if, if you're faithful and honest with God, He promises to tell you uh, to share you uh, with with His will. It's not rocket science. Right. Well, so in a sense. I heard you say a second ago on the call that, and please allow me the latitude to um, 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 expand on this, but I, I think I heard you say that the state, the county, and all of that was, can you repeat what you said? What did you say it was? It was like, it's not official, it's not It's not real. What is? It? What about it? No, I said, uh, I said, when the United States speaks, Different. They they define their words different than than you and I do when we speak on the street. But when the United States speaks and writes in their codes, of city, county, state, or the United States, they're referring to government that is owned under the titled name the United States of America, which they have uh, they have legislative authority to enforce. Congressional written law upon that land, and and then if okay. in any other land, and I'm saying that uh, close to 24, 25 percent of America is that type of land. The other 75 percent is land that is privately held and governed under American common law. Now, American common law is, the, the, even the U.S. courts have said this in the past, is Christian law based on on the precepts of the Scripture, the Holy Scriptures. So uh, the uh, the U.S. Okay. land is governed, is governed by U.S. written law, and the American, and the private property of America is governed by the, the American common law, which is the jury of 12. If it, gets, if, it pushed, if it comes to push to shove, you can always take it in front of a jury of 12 in America. That's, that's America. You don't run to a U.S. court. Run to the people. That's, people are the highest court in America, not the U.S. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't understand the answer that you just gave, and I think it was not really to the point that I was making, which was more about the authority of the county and how it's not a legal person under law. Even in the, in their own laws, the county is not a legal person. So if the, if the accusation is that they're treating us as if we are legal persons, then I think taking a status in a domicile that is governed by something that is not a legal person is probably more de jour than it would be the adverse, wouldn't you agree to that? They don't. They do not define county as a legal person. It's a area of land that is owned by the United States, 
That's what counting means. Okay, so possession can you put this first? Yeah, possession uh, or territory of the United States is a re- reference to land mm-hmm. that is owned by the United States. You're not talking about a legal entity. The legal entity is, 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 um, is styled as the United States of America. But the statement you made, the statement you're making is in complete contradiction to private ownership rights. And I'll tell you, if you're not able to say where you're getting that information from in a direct source, then it's going to be hard for me to, as a good researcher, to actually take you seriously. Can you give me an article that that cites this 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 uh, this character that you're describing? You go to the United States Code and you search the definition of county. Okay, that's it. Alrighty, next that's it. Next up is Northeast and North Central Pennsylvania. Well, that's a long one. You're unmuted, my dear. Go ahead. Hello. Hi. Um, and in John Paul's uh, uh, website, he said that Title 26 is a contract and not a uh, code. And I've read that article several times, and I just don't understand it. Title 26 is the layout of a offered contract. It... Um, Every relationship with the United States is contract. If you have a relationship with the United States, either because you walked onto their land, shot an arrow into their land, did something, mailed a letter into their land, or you have a full uh, contract operating with them, just like just like a, a neighbor could offer a contract to you. So Title 26 is... Uh, when you enter, um, when you become a U.S. citizen, you're subject to Title 26. And if you want to understand the specifics of Title 26, you just uh, or or the laws of that contract, you go to Title 26 and study it. And it'll uh, and the IRS is not allowed to vary off of Title 26. They have to comply to Title 26 because the IRS's Revenue Code book is not law. The Iowa, the IRS's manuals that they give to their agents is not law. Only Title 26 is law from the Congress. So uh, Congress says, okay, we're going to offer benefits and services to people. Okay, let's put it together. Let's put it together in Title 26. That's the contract. That's the benefits and services that we will offer them based on them giving us a percentage of their income, which is pretty close to the average of about 50% now, 45 or 50%. So basically, on the average, they say, you give us 40 to 50% of your labor, and we'll provide the benefits and services that are laid out in Title 26. That's the contract. Now, the part of the contract that is not disclosed to the American people is that it is a contract. That's the part that's not disclosed. The American people, if you took 100 American people and put them in a witness chair and asked them, did you know that signing a 1040 tax form was a contract? I think virtually every one of them would say no. I signed it 
because I thought it was a legal duty. If I didn't sign it, fill it out, they would come and arrest me for failure to file. So every person in America, I believe, has the defense that they never did sign a contract with the United States in relationship to any taxes because of lack of disclosure. And the U.S. courts are not the ones that have the last say-so of disclosure in in that uh, parameter. The American People's Court does. The the American Common Law Court does. If they can convince, if the American, if an American, uh, if a United States agent sit in the witness chair and convince a jury of 12 that they gave full disclosure, then that's the way it is. But I don't think a jury, I don't think the IRS would ever allow an IRS agent to sit in an American common law court for three days while I question him on full disclosure because we would just destroy that. We would put it on YouTube, live, the entire world could watch it if they wanted to. And that's the last thing they want. They don't want anybody to know that the uh, taxing system in America is truly consent. By consent only, the contractual offer, and the only way you could be prosecuted in relationship to Title 26, you had full disclosure uh, entered into it as a consensual contract. Does that help a little bit? Well, what would happen if somebody never filed? Well, you wouldn't you wouldn't have any evidence of initiating a contract, and you are in a lot better position with the United States if you've never filed. Once you filed, their computer beast kicks in gear that hey, this guy's got a contract going. Let her roll. Let her roll. It's like it's like it's like a fish on a hook. Uh, he bit. We got him hooked. Let's let's get it all we can out of him. So uh, to a lot of people, Title Twenty Six is a wonderful contract. If I, in my position, uh, I make enough money to provide for my all my needs, and it's, it's uh, be foolish for me to go to the United States and ask for benefits and services, fifty percent of my income. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, good question. All right, let's see here. Next up, Central Florida. Go ahead, you've been unmuted. Uh, thank you, Angela. Uh, I didn't welcome. think I'd be up so fast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, now blow some my way. Every, uh, every question always leads to another question. Um, so uh and uh thank you uh paul for for coming on and sharing your knowledge um i want to start out with reading uh for united states code section 113 it's short residents of members of congress for state income tax laws and it reads no state or political subdivision thereof in which a member of congress maintains a place of abode for purposes of attending sessions of Congress may, for purposes of any income tax levied by such state or political subdivision thereof, treat such member as a resident 
or domiciliary of such state or political subdivision thereof, or treat any compensation paid by the United States to such member as income for services performed within or from sources within the state or political subdivision thereof, unless a member of Congress, unless such member represents such state or district in such state. For purposes of subsection A, the term member of Congress includes the delegates from the District of Columbia, Guam, the Virgin Islands, and the resident commissioner from Puerto Rico, and the term state includes the District of Columbia. End of section 113, United States, uh, for United States Code. So my questions uh, pertain to definitions of terms. Here in Florida, you can uh, file with the county a declaration of domicile. So my question is concerning the term domicile, uh, do you believe it's prudent to file a declaration of domicile without the United States? No, there's no reason for you to do anything with the United States if you're independent of the United States. If you are yeah. a if you are a U.S. citizen or you do reside or a resident on their land, then you have to uh, meet uh, you know their their laws that they are enforcing on their land. But if you if you don't live on their land and you're not a U.S. citizen, you're not seeking benefits and services. And I I, I would venture to say that 90% of America, 95% of America are not U.S. citizens. And even the few that, um, I, I'm not just saying U.S. citizens. I, I would say 95% of them are not uh, signing up with the United States for services and benefits because only 5% of the masses probably understand that it's, a, that it's an offered contract. All the rest of the people are in the dark on this, therefore, Lack of disclosure. There is no contract, and that's what I would. That'd be, that'd be one of the first things I would do whenever whenever I work with a client against the IRS. I would I would let the IRS know that we are going to present a defense of lack of disclosure. And recently, uh, they've been running for the hills. They don't want that. Roaches right, don't well, like that well, light. What I'm asking is for preemptive. Strike, I suppose. No, I would if not. I were to, no, no if I would I were not. To, you would not file a declaration of domicile. No, because every one of their forms is for their purposes. Well, their but purposes. You, you you can create your own form. Uh, the the what I was asking, because you could file with the county uh, a declaration of political status. I, I, there's no value to it. I, I know lots of people do that. There's no value to it because anytime they reach out and touch you, you say immediately, by what authority are you touching me? You put the burden okay. of proof on them at that moment. That way well, you don't that, that get means... in. That way you don't get into this tangled mess of, hey, I got this document filed here. I got this document filed here, and the jury is just looking at you, rolling their eyes. Back, you know, they, just, they don't understand. Well, well that, it, but it, go ahead. that makes sense. That makes sense that some people, uh, uh, like you say, a advocate such things. 
especially say if you want to travel overseas, um, you would need a passport, and with that passport, you could file an affidavit uh, because you don't want to be a U.S. citizen on a passport. On a passport, you'd want to be a, a U.S. national, which, with all the uh, the the uh, I suppose, uh, like a home, you have a chain of title uh, that goes back to the uh, to the patent. For the for the passport, you'd want to put an affidavit. Uh, establishing you as a U.S. national, which is a U.S. citizen, according to the progress of law in these United States. Uh, well, even, they, even hid, then, hidden it. even then, it, it wouldn't bother me to go down and get a U.S. passport because if I'm ever in the U.S. court, I challenge them proof of full disclosure. They're not going to have it. I just simply ask, do you have any evidence that I'm a U.S. citizen? And they're just going to, they're going to drop. They're going to go like, uh, uh oh, let's get out of here. Because they're going to have to bring in a record of me standing in front of a judge, raising my right hand, taking the oath of citizenship. That's the only way they could have evidence in the record that I'm a U.S. citizen. Just because I marked the little box on a thousand of their forms, U.S. citizen, does not make me a U.S. citizen. It doesn't. Okay. I, I, could say, I could say I am a citizen of Moon. Uh, of the moon or Russia, it doesn't change anything. My words do not change any, change anything. Uh, there has to be an event that occurred in history for me to be a U.S. citizen. My words cannot do it. So, so uh, um, if if uh, if asking where you you live, uh. Would you uh, recommend, well, my place of abode is commonly referred to as uh, 545 My Street? No, I, I, would just give them, I would just give them the address that the mailman tells me to put on my, my mailing envelope, and then I would say post, it's a post location without the United States. Right, they would ask you, where do you reside? And you would, could respond with, well, my abode is commonly refer, referred to as. Uh, I just give them yeah, my mailing. I just give them my mailing location and the numbers. I wouldn't say the word zip code because zip code means a federal improvement. Uh, zip, uh, a zoning improvement project. Um, anyway, just leave the zip code off and just simply say. Uh, that's a post location because I got a post in front of my house. They put their letters in that little box. You can nail it to the post if they want to do it the old-fashioned way. And uh, just say uh, post location without the United States. They're done because they're they're trying to get you to say of the United States somehow. You're just shutting them down. So the judge okay. is going to notice. The judge is going to notice that hey, this guy's smart. Let's just get him out of here. <laughs> this is not good. Well, hopefully. Hopefully that would happen. Uh, finally, um, as far as getting a driver's license or, or something, I I drive uh, I, I kick freight for a living, so I need my CDL. Um, to get a CDL without uh, without giving them a presumption of citizenship, uh, could you obtain it? Uh, under necessity, reserving all rights? It's not necessary because marking that box doesn't make you a U.S. citizen. 
I don't. It okay. doesn't bother me to. It doesn't bother me to have a driver's license. It's only one I presented while I'm driving. It, does it? Does it affect me? It's it's just like a fishing license. Right? If I go fishing in your pond behind your house on your land, and I got a federal fishing license in my pocket, it doesn't mean anything. That doesn't give you a right to come on my land and do anything. No, but I mean, I'm just saying that the, if the feds walked up to me and said, "What are you doing here?" And then they they tackle me and pull out that federal license out of my back of my pocket. It doesn't make one bit of difference. Now, if I'm if I'm on federal property, then I would want to show them, hey, I paid for this thing and I I can fish here today. Right, right. So it it has its place. It has its place. The motor vehicle code has its place. Now, really, the really the motor vehicle code only applies on state property. And if you're in Nebraska. Almost none of these roads are state property, so you can actually challenge, as a semi-driver, their uh, authority to apply the motor vehicle code at that location, because they're limited to state property. It's gonna, it just, it just puts them in an absolute tailspin. And and state property, when you say state property, you mean federal property. Yes, yeah, state, state, city. County, state, United States are all synonymous. All the same. All the same. Well, because in uh, for U.S. Code Section 113, it says the term state includes the District of Columbia. Yes. Now the District of Columbia is Florida. Well, then, but in the U.S. Constitution, it says uh, places purchased. Okay. The, the legislative laws apply. Article 1, Section 8, Paragraph 17, it says ports, docks, uh, arsenals, and other needful buildings. Now, what what does that sound like? If you had an 8-year-old kid and you read off that list to him, what would the 8-year-old kid say? That sounds like a military fort. Yeah, the U.S. Constitution is a military document. And so the, the District of Columbia would have to own Interstate 75 if I was pulled over on Interstate 75 for it to be in their territory. If you're in the District of Columbia, the 10 square miles, you're on you're on state land. But if you're in Nebraska, uh, only 1.4 percent of Nebraska is state state land. Okay, that makes sense. And most of so and most you, of that is not and most of that is not roads. It's a uh, Indian reservation. It's built few military forts. Very, you know, very so in court, uh, the strategy. Uh, so in court, the strategy is to prove that you were in within their territorial jurisdiction. If you challenge, uh, a jurisdictional challenge is not a motion. A motion can be summarily dismissed. A motion is a uh, almost like begging the court to do something for you. Please do this. And really a motion, really the only time an administrator has to do something for you with a motion is if you have written law to compel that administrator to do it. Otherwise, if you don't have written law for that judge to do something for you, they have the discretion to make that decision, to do it or not. Now, in my case, if I don't have written law, anytime I have a motion and I don't have written law to support it or a uh, reference to a statute to give that administrator 
instructions to do what I'm requesting, they will not do it for me. Because they, I'm, in the, I'm an enemy of the state. So, um, the reason I say emotion is it's, emotion is distinct from a challenge. A challenge lies on the common law side. If they have jurisdiction, if they have evidence of absolute jurisdiction, and uh, your challenge, the challenge is over, it's done with. But if they haven't proven up absolute jurisdiction, the challenge must be met under the rules of family law. They have to meet, they have to put evidence on the record that, uh, for example, personal jurisdiction is, what did I say, do, or sign for this U.S. court to have jurisdiction over me? That's a challenge. Once you make that challenge, the opposing party has to put it on the record, the official record, of what you said, signed, or did for that court to have jurisdiction. Now, if it doesn't meet that level of what's required, the court loses jurisdiction over you as a person. Now, the next jurisdiction is generally uh, that I do is territorial jurisdiction. It's not a motion, it's a challenge. So. Uh, what evidence do they have that the activity that I'm accused of doing occurred on land that is of the United States? It's just that simple. They have to they have to bring in the evidence and place it on the record. And if they don't, you turn to the judge and say they failed to prove up territorial jurisdiction. The court has a duty to dismiss. The court lacks authority to proceed. Now, does the court, is the court, the judge, required to get his information of jurisdiction from the accuser? Yes, because the judge cannot uh, act as a prosecutor or as a witness. So he can't rely on himself and say, well, you said something, therefore I have jurisdiction. Well, oh, is that yeah. according if, to if, my... If you provide the evidence... The judge can take the evidence from you, okay. and they do that. They do that oftentimes. A little while ago, I said the federal judge one time told a uh, guy that was convicted, I think it was in an IRS case, that uh, he didn't dispute the address that the prosecutor presented as his residence. And the, the prosecutor presented it as a federal resident. He says, you didn't dispute that you lived within the zip code. And the guy's just staring at him like, "What are you talking about?" Well, that's a federal, that's a federal identifier. You, 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 you had your chance. You didn't dispute it. So we got territorial jurisdiction. We got territorial jurisdiction. That means you did business on our land. That means you're t- subject to our taxing rules on that land. Next, so if the, the if the judge is questioning you, trying to trick you into admitting to something, uh, a, a proper response could be, I suppose, could be. Has my accuser placed such evidence on the record? Your proper response is put tape on your mouth and say nothing. <laughs> That's the best way to be in court. <laughs> Just any question so they ask says, you, any question they ask you, shut up. <laughs> Just shut up and say, I prefer the moving party produce that evidence. Where do you live, Mr. Hanson? I would prefer the moving party produce that evidence that's relevant to this case. Oh, I love relevant. that. It's not relevant where I, I live. 
relevant where the activity occurred. Keep the burden of proof on that. If they ask you where, you know, when were you born, I just simply say I was I was this this big. I don't remember. Ask my parents. <laughs> uh, if, they ask you, if they ask you your name, you say my parents called me this. You know, just that's, you don't have to give any information to them. Okay, so if your accuser says starts to say something and you don't object, what he says stands. So you've got to object. So if the accuser yes. says, for, well, for he, example, he lives at... For example, the prosecutor, the prosecutor would get up there and say, uh, Mr. Hansen was feeding in the in Douglas County um, uh, on such and such date on, on Highway 775. Okay, as soon as he says the word county, you say objection, asserting facts, not in evidence. Your Honor, nobody's testified that I did any act in any county of the United States. And the judge should turn to the prosecutor and say, Mr. Hansen's correct. Uh, do you have a witness to testify that Mr. Hansen did an act in the county? Uh, the prosecutor goes, no. <laughs> Well, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he say the police officer? Well, go ahead and put the police officer up there. And Mr. Police Officer, do, do you are you have you been trained of the definition of county? Uh, no, I don't have to be. Everybody knows what the county is. Uh, please, please answer the question. Have you received the training of the definition of the United States Code county? No, sir. And you ask him, who trained you? And then the judge will start realizing that you're setting a case against the state for failure to train their officers to protect your independence from them. It's a violation of law. They have a duty to train their officers as to their scope of reaching out and touching uh, uh, men and women. It's a very serious violation when they're not trained. And And they're found to be doing it constantly. You can uh, sue the heck out of them for uh, basically going out and acting like uh, revenue agents where they don't have authority to be revenue agents. So, go ahead. And, and, and lastly, and I'm, this will be my last time I say lastly, thank you, uh, Angela. Um, does any of your uh, process or, or procedure that you like to use pertain to the Libra Code and their their duty bound to perform according to the Libra Code? Their duty to perform to the Libra Code only applies on their to their persons and upon their land. I, I stay completely away from it. All you have to do is challenge what authority do you have to do what you're doing. They're stopping you on the sidewalk. Sir, you have a rifle on your arm. I, I need to see your uh, carry permit. Well, the carry permit only has authority on their land. So, right, so doesn't them, the Libra code doesn't the Libra code confine them to their territory? That, that's why I ask that. If they perform according to the Libra code, they wouldn't they wouldn't lay a hand on us. Is what I'm saying. Well, the uh, you don't have to quote the Lieber Code. All you have to quote is Article One, Section Eight, Paragraph Seventeen, because that's where all legislative written laws of the United States have force and effect of law. Period. 
sense, so, and thank you. Thank, thank you, Angela. Yeah, so what, so what you do is you, you ask the judge to take judicial notice of Article One, Section 8, Paragraph 17 of the United States Constitution. You just keep asking until you get a yes out of them. Either you're going to get a yes out of them or no. And uh, they, as soon as they take judicial notice of that, that judge is, you know, he's going to completely change his, his behavior because now he's been noticed of where that written law that the prosecutor's bringing in has force and effect of law. He can't wiggle out of it. He's been noticed. He can't say, I didn't know. I didn't know. Because if you don't give them judicial notice in that particular case, they all they have to do is say, I didn't know. But once you've been giving them notice, that particular case, he's liable for damaging you if he proceeds against you without evidence of territorial jurisdiction once you challenged it. Once you challenge it, they have a duty to produce it. If not, the court has subject matter jurisdiction. If the court moves ahead without subject matter jurisdiction, it is moving ahead without authority, which is then in his personal capacity. You can pull him into an American common law court to vote for damages. Okay, next. Very well. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. There's a question in the chat. Um, they would like to know, does title only give power to the state to tow your car? No. The uh, uh, Think of it this way. There's a, there's a car that's on your land. Uh, as a good neighbor, what should you do with that car? That's, that's the way the state's supposed to do it. Now, if that car is sitting in the middle of your driveway and you can't get in your garage, you don't want to leave your car out in the middle of the street all night, your brand, you're not going to leave your brand new Mercedes in the street. That's what you got a garage for. You can tow it immediately because it's absolutely interfering with your use of your property. But if it's parked off to the side and it's not bothering nobody, you just put a note on it and ask people to move it within the, I'll give them a couple of days. So uh, it's, 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 a lot of it deals with uh, treating your neighbor as you would like to be treated. But, uh, and the state has the same, generally the state has the same guidelines. If you, if they can tow your car, it's because of territorial jurisdiction. They're not allowed to venture off of their scope of, of where their laws have force and effect of law and start towing cars. It doesn't make whose car it is. They, they can only tow their cars off of their land uh with uh with their authority. So what I'm saying is if you have a car that's registered in their system and I, I would venture to say that only five percent of America has cars registered in their system because all the rest of the cars are registered without full disclosure. Therefore they're not registered. Registration is a contract. You weren't given full disclosure, never been registered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, when it, when you get pulled over for having two beers and they drag you away because they smell alcohol and they tow your car that's properly parked, uh, they don't have authority to do that because it's a taking. And now, if you're, it's potentially if you're a U.S. citizen, they can take without uh, due process. Okay. But we already talked about 
the ability for them to prove that you're a U.S. citizen is almost zero in most cases. Therefore, the uh, due process is afforded to you. The United States is not allowed to take property uh, or person without due process. And every due process involved with taking involves a oath or affirmation. So somebody has to put their personal liability on the line to take something from you. And uh, so that's where you get them there. You, uh, yeah, but you don't have a contract with the towing company. They're actually no, the, the ones that took your car. That's right. That's right. And the towing company does have a contract, and the contract says that they're allowed to tow cars in the county. Guess where the county is, sir? <laughs> there you go. Yep. And I'm in court right now because they towed my Mercedes. And they don't know where to go. They just don't know where to go. They're just spinning their heads like, <laughs> if, if, if Hanson prevails on this, every car towed in our county has been towed without wall. Every, then they're probably every not car. Gonna, <laughs> they're not going to let you win this one. No. Well, they <laughs> won't. The way they the, are. But the American common law court will, I believe. Because I'm going to... Okay. I'm. I'm, well. I'm I'm subpoenaed in, into the American Common Law Court, and they don't have to show up. But if they don't show up, they're, uh, Where is the, claim, the claim will uh, will speak for itself because the claim says in it that if they don't show up, this will be deemed as true. So, uh, which is do you have that, you have a, a place? I mean, do you use the courts to have your common law. You can have you can have common law you can have common law court anywhere an owner of property allows you to have common law court anywhere. The, okay, so where uh, would you have it? I'm just curious. I'm curious. I have it on the internet. I have it I, on the internet. Okay, there you yeah. go. And, that works uh, for me. Guess who gets <laughs> to decide if internet is good enough? Ooh. Is it the plaintiff or is it the defendant? Yes, the plaintiff. No. No. Not the plaintiff. So who not is the it? person that brings the case? Not the defendant. Not the plaintiff. The person that gets to decide if the internet is good enough is the jury of twelve. Because oh, guess okay. what? They get to decide the law and the facts of the entire case. And okay. and, and location right. of the of the of the case is part of the law. So it's law means operation. So um Anyway, that's a trick so is question. That, is that where your is that where your case is now in the common law court? <clears throat> yes. But yes. Well, we what we do is we run an administrative process first, mailed to okay. uh, the defendant, and we define defendant so that it's not associated with the United States courts. Because in the United States courts, the defendant said uh, the defendant is defined as a statutory person. We're, we're separated from the later statute. But anyway, uh, the administrative process is a way to gather, to get settled evidence. And the United States courts are actually supposed to do this. This is what you're supposed to do before you go into even a United States court. You're supposed to send documents to the opposing party and get all the, all the issues settled that you can administratively, which is usually most everything. What that simply is, is uh, let's just say, uh, Angela, I mowed your yard. 
and uh, you said you were going to pay me $20 to mow your yard. So I mow your yard, and I uh, got evidence that your neighbors watching me mow your yard. Anyway, I, I walk up to your door, and I want paid. You, you, you refuse to pay me. So I, I, take a, I, I take an administrative process. I mail it to you by notary. It's signed uh, under penalty of perjury. Uh, uh, by another notary that I signed it in front of, and uh, it, it it just simply asked you, did I did we speak and you agreed to pay me twenty dollars for mowing your yard, and then did I mow your yard, and then I I, I testify that I did mow your yard, you did promise to pay me twenty dollars if I mowed your yard, and I did mow your yard, and then you refused to pay me, and then. Uh, and then it says in there that if you do not respond to this, all these three statements are deemed to be evidence. So you don't respond because you think American common law is a joke. And then I convene an American common law court, and you default. And so that's strike two for you, and uh, that's enough. And uh, a judgment is written out. It's mailed to you. You still don't respond because you think American common law is a joke. That's strike three. Uh, and at the settled judgment, you can take that into any U.S. court and file it as a foreign judgment. You can take it into Secretary really? of State and file it as a UCC one, even in some states. Because there were people in the uh, audience here asking, you know, how do you enforce a common law action? But if you can do that, then you can. You've got enforcement, right? You get to yeah, hire the sheriff in- to go. Go ahead. Yes, you can. You can enforce it any way anybody else does. Now, in some jurisdictions, the sheriff's going to laugh you off. But uh, he, that sheriff's not allowed to get in front of between you and your property. That judgment is your property. But that judgment, when you get a judgment under common law, uh, that $20 in your pocket, that is my $20 because I got a judgment for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not your 20 So anymore. how do you get it then? Uh, ideally, the sheriff will help. But if he doesn't, you just uh, you just get a group of men together and go get it. Uh, I can tow your car. <laughs> yeah. I, I, a group I can, of men. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's for, one tough, way. <laughs> for tough-minded women like you. Uh, but anyway, um, you uh, I can tow your car and I can hold your car until you pay me. If you don't pay me, I can I can sell your car because you just go down to the registers of the owners where they register the car, and you say, I've got this judgment, and she refuses to pay, so we're going to sell this on such and such date. So you wouldn't file that. a lien against them, or would you? Hmm. Well, you can file a UCC. In some states, you can file a UCCs. Uh, I think California. No, Texas, for sure, you can file UCCs against a American common law judgment. No, in Nebraska, you can't. You have to take it into a U.S. district court, file it as a foreign judgment. Now, I will do that. I haven't done it yet, but I will do it. I'm going to try to do it without cost because they can't charge me. They can't send it. They can't hand, talk to me about billing in Federal Reserve notes. It's illegal. And so let me ask to... you this. How long do you think this is going to take till you get uh, an answer or what? What? Well, how long have you given them to respond? Uh, on the administrative process, uh, generally just 20 days, but it's two days for mailing generally, and two days for answering. So that's uh, basically the day you put it in the mailbox. It's uh, 24 days later. On 25th day, you can ask the uh, 
the uh, notary that mailed it because you're supposed to respond send the response back to the notary, not to the not to the plaintiff. Okay. And uh, I mean, if they do send a response back to the plaintiff, you know, that's no big deal. You just you get a yeah. record of it. But uh, but if but if nobody's got a mailing back, you just go to the mailing notary. And I I can I can mail a I'm a notary and I can mail these judgments out anywhere in America, which is the same as a notary that lives next door to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, the notary uh, verifies what not only that it's been mailed by certified mail, but it's uh, with the contents of the mailing, which is very important in court. But I can mail okay, you so let's say empty envelope. Let's, uh, right, right. Let's just say that they don't respond back. What do you do next? Well, uh, for respond example, I, if well, they don't respond back, then you've uh, uh, you just take a, you convene a common law court and you ask them to write a write a, a judgment out because even in the United States system, if you do not show up in court, they still have a mini hearing uh, for uh, to support your claim that you're you have written out in your claim. So, for example, a credit card case. Every time a credit card case, a lot of people don't show up in credit card cases because they they don't think they have a chance to fight it, but they just don't show up. And the uh, attorney up there will just say, uh, the judge will say, well, what do you have to support uh, the amount that uh, you guys are asking for? And they'll say, well, we have an affidavit here from the credit card company that uh, the person charged up $9,000 on such and such day. The interest is this amount. As of today, it totals $11,200. Judge, judge goes. And we'd like to offer that as exhibit number one. Judge says, exhibit received, and we'll mark it as exhibit number one. Okay, so they got on the record uh, the damages now. And then the judge just simply says that I grant the plaintiff a judgment for uh, you know, whatever I said, $11,200, whatever. And then, uh, and then the, uh, the party that the judgment is against receives the letter in the mail that a judgment has been uh, established against them, and they have uh, 20 days to, uh, to challenge that judgment. And if they don't challenge that judgment, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a full judgment, and you on the 21st day or the 31st day, it's different in different counties, you can immediately go and file a lien against that person's property or go to the sheriff and ask him to collect it for you. But you can't you can't get the judgment that day and then go collect it because the uh, you, you, you know you're giving the other party an opportunity to say that you know, I didn't even know about the hearing uh, or I forgot about it I was out of town. But generally, you get you know at least one grace period of missing a, a hearing. So anyway, we do the same thing in the common law court and uh, uh, get the judgment. And then, uh, uh, like I've talked before, uh, we had a guy in Washington that got a judgment for $50,000. He just went to the sheriff. The sheriff says, yeah, that's good as gold. Went right down and got the $50,000 from a truck, uh, a big factory firm. The sheriff oh. says, uh, either pay it or, uh, or I don't let anything leave this factory until this guy's paid. That's right. They have a till till keeper. They stand by the till of the cash register and 
Any money that comes in, they take it until the fifty yes. grand is paid up. Yes. Uh, one one story I was listening to. Uh, I was listening to the guy. He got a judgment against the bank, and he uh, he just told the sheriff. He says, uh, "I'm going to go collect this judgment. I mean, if you'd like to help me, it'd, it'd be nice." So I, you know, I'm dealing with a bank, and you know, I don't want to look like I'm robbing a bank or nothing. It's just not going to go over very good. So the, the sheriff met him there, and he had a U-Haul, and he backed it right up to the bank, and he, they walked in, and they just the yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said, we're going to take everything out of this bank, office equipment, computers, and they, they wrote him a check. He said, no, 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 we'll <laughs> give you a yeah. check. And the sheriff said, you know, yeah. uh, Someone here is asking, uh, were you able to get 12 jurors? Yes, we last got... time you were on... I got, I got, uh, I got close to forty or fifty jurors now, maybe a hundred. Fantastic! Oh, lovely. So, uh, so that's oh, good. That's wonderful. And uh, yes. yeah, it's, uh, I've been very busy, and I finally got another notary to help me here. So we're, it helps a lot if I have at least one more notary in the area to good. get some of this stuff accomplished. Because a, a lot of these processes not only requires my notary stamp, it requires another notary stamp. Uh, not not necessarily requires it just just works a lot better that way. Uh, anyway, Ready for another uh, we, question, we can start buzzing through these these cases now. You want another question? Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, Delaware. Go ahead, Dave. I think that's Dave in Delaware. Go ahead. Yeah, you mentioned a driver, and the definition of a driver is someone who is for hire, charging money. If you're not charging money, you're not for hire, and you're not a driver. If you're not using your automobile, your private property automobile for hire, it is not a vehicle in commerce, and it is not subject to the motor or motoring vehicle rules and regulations. The phrase to motor in Latin, when you look at the root derivation etymology of the phrase to motor, it means to move for hire. If you're not moving for hire, charging money, your private property automobile is not a vehicle. It's not a vehicle in commerce, but the problem is they have been trained wrongly by their communist BAR lawyers who run the police that everyone is in commerce because you have failed to deny it. You have to rebut their presumption, otherwise their presumptions remain, and you continue to get roasted. In order to enforce any contract, they have to establish all three, not just one or two, but all three preliminary primary elements of jurisdiction. That's person, place, and thing. The proof is when a cop pulls someone over, he asks you to convict yourself by producing evidence to self-incriminate yourself by producing all three preliminary elements of jurisdiction. First, he asks you for the driver license, and if you produce it, then he's gotten his evidence that you are in commerce and driving. The second thing he asks for is the registration card for the private property automobile non-vehicle, and you reach in your glove compartment and convict yourself by producing the registration card and he enters that in his metal clipboard or metal uh, whatever he's writing his tickets on. And then he asks you for the third element, which is the 
proof of insurance, which is the subject matter. And he then has all three elements. He has the person, the place, the venue, and the thing, which is the subject matter, which is the insurance contract. And you have failed to deny that you are charging money or for hire on the public ways. Anyone who wants to look into this uh, presumption business, the United States Supreme Court has already ruled that the courts obtain their jurisdiction by presumption. Well, you're allegedly entitled to a neutral court and an unbiased court. Well, that's not what the United States Supreme Court said. It said that the courts obtain their jurisdiction by presumption, and the presumption is that you, me, Angela, Howard Griswold, everyone is enjoying purposeful, there's your intent, purposeful availment of some benefit, privilege, license, title of nobility, like voter of, or driver, or citizen of, or taxpayer of, member of, or some opportunity offered from government. The case where the Supreme Court said this is in your Black's Fifth Edition, one, two, three, four, five, Fifth Edition, Black's Law Dictionary. Look for the phrase, um, uh, look for the phrase, a minimum contact or minimal contact, and it will tell you the site of that case. International Shoe Corporation versus the state of Washington. And that case is where the Supreme Court said the courts get their jurisdiction by presumption that everyone's enjoying purposeful availment of some benefit, privilege, license, title of nobility, or or, uh, opportunity offered, like a bus may go in front of your house. Well, there's an opportunity to get on the bus, so they presume you're enjoying that benefit. (laughs) Anyway. Well, last item is uh, you mentioned the uh, 10 miles uh, square. 10 miles times 10 miles is 100 square miles, not 10 square miles. The District of Columbia is 10 miles square, so the District of Columbia is 100 square miles. The last item is you mentioned about people's private property automobiles being subjected to uh governmental agency uh, interference. Uh, Ralph Winterout's research has shown that they have stolen your car. The new car dealers, when you give them all cash money, they steal your car's manufacturer's statement of origin, and they do not give it to you. They give it to the state Department of Motor <laughs> Motoring Vehicles. They... Department of Motoring Vehicles then gives a certificate of, or certification of, that they are holding the actual MSO, and you get a user's permit called a title to operate the Department of Motor Vehicles' automobile that you just paid all cash for, but they have converted your payment by coercing the dealerships to colluding with them to steal your car. And the way they do that is with when someone asks to become a dealer, a car dealer, new or a new truck dealer, one of the documents they have to sign in order to become 
licensed by the state to sell new cars and new trucks is called an affidavit of attorney in fact just go to uh, any new car dealership and ask to see the documents that they filed when they got their new dealership and they will resist because they do not want you and I to know about this affidavit of attorney in fact because in it they've agreed to turn over all manufacturer statements of origin MSOs to all cars or trucks that they sell brand new and they've agreed to enter into converting that to the state's use and they're committing a taking of your private property for their use their public use without just compensation which is unconstitutional but because nobody knew about this secret document the affidavit of attorney in fact no one's been able to catch them at it but they the admission of what they've done is in that affidavit and the only other way to get one that i can think of is to go to the department of motor vehicles and pretend you want to be a new dealer and ask them for all the documents that you have to have your lawyer look over prior to uh, you sending them in and then they all will right, not Dave, let's have let's see what paul has to say in response to what you said yeah, yeah what, what you're saying is absolutely true but it only applies on state land so if every one of those rules only applies on state land and when they come for after me for, for uh, hire applies on any land if you're charging no, money Nope. Nope. Only they, presume, the, they presume you are. That's why the whole the whole scam is fraudulent they can, because they're they not telling pre- us. They can presume anything they want. That's why you challenge them to produce evidence of territorial jurisdiction. Now if they do produce evidence of territorial jurisdiction on state land and they and they're successful, the next thing you ask, of course, is what you what you talked about. You have evidence that I had passengers or cargo in my car that I was transporting for a profit. If they don't have that, they're done. Because the the reason that is in the law is because they're not allowed to landlock you. That hundred square miles of land, they cannot force you to drive around that land to get to the other side. They have to allow you to pass through as a right um, of, of uh, not really a right. It's it's a right. It's a right to pass through. But we have to exhaust our administrative remedies prior to going to their courts, right? And, and well, you don't have to, but it certainly makes it a lot better. So what what I would do is if I if I was in the District of Columbia, I was traveling across the District of Columbia, and I got pulled over. Uh, the first thing I would do is I would forget territorial jurisdiction because I'm going to lose there. But I would go after if the officer has evidence that I was carrying passengers or cargo for a profit. And then I would simply give the judge judicial notice of the written laws of, of the District of Columbia that that is the uh, the, the uh, initiating uh, verbiage in the statute of the Motor Vehicle Code there that it only applies to motor vehicles offered to the public for transportation of passengers and cargo. So um, motor still means moving for hire. 
if you do not deny that you're for hire and your car is not a motoring vehicle or it's not a vehicle at all, if you don't deny that, their presumption continues. Well, you don't have to deny it. You put the officer on the witness chair and you say, do you have any evidence that I have passengers or cargo in transporting in that automobile for profit? And he it's, easier, it's easier to get out of it than that. Anyone who is interested in learning how to get out of their harassment, is just go to the website, escapeharassment.com. And also, if you have any questions of me, you can send an email to uh, from the website, escapeharassment.com. Just send your question at the submit button, and I'll answer. Sure, sure. And I, I do agree that you would want to get this taken care of with an administrative process. And they, the, chances, the chances are pretty high that they're not even going to call you into court. If they do call you into court, uh, the officer is not going to show up. Uh, even if you subpoena, in my cases, the officers that don't even show up if I subpoena them. And quite a few of them I get that way. But uh, yeah, you're right. But as far as on land that is not of the United States, the Motor Vehicle Code does not apply anyone, not even a U.S. person. Okay. But common law, okay. the common law does apply. So there is there is a responsibility that you have there. Okay, go ahead. Hey, great, Kazoo, you've been unmuted. Did you have a question? Uh, yeah, I got a question. Um, okay. Let's say that if you already have a judgment against you for something like uh would you be able to go back and change that or, or challenge or reverse it somehow? Like say yes. If you, let's say just, if you guys pay child support or something and you went through and you got wrecked and now you got to pay, you know, X amount every month for, you know, the rest of your life or whatever, could you go back administratively and say, well, wait, can you prove this? You know, I want your evidence that I'm a citizen and I want evidence of the contract. Right, right. They they have to prove up every element that is required to invoke the court's jurisdiction. So they have to prove up that you're a person <laughs> subject to that court, that you're a person subject to that written law, that your activity is subject to the written law they utilize. And the written law you utilize was they have evidence that you violated that while being on land where that written law has force and effect of the law. So if, if they fail on any of those three or four things, any one of them, the case is vacatable. It's a void judgment. It's not, yeah, it's it's not void because not, they, they didn't have the jurisdiction to proceed in the first place, but they just ram it through because nobody knew any better. And then finally you realize something happened and then you can go back in and Change it. Yes, it's, it's it's not a voidable judgment. It's a void judgment because that court, it was impossible for that court to have authority, that administrator to have authority, charge you uh, child support if, if you're lacking one of those those elements. And then uh, child support is uh, another another way to challenge child support or any fine by the court administrator is the court administrator. Ha- only has congressional authority to fine you in money of account. Money of account is one-twentieth of an ounce of gold. That's the dollar. So when, when if you go into the U.S. Code, it says the dollar shall, the money of account shall be 
U.S. dollar, and then it gives you a definition of U.S. dollar as one-twentieth of an ounce of gold. So if the judge tells you to pay a fine in a U.S. court, and he writes it on a document that you're supposed to pay 200 he's actually, by law, he's telling you to pay 200 one-twentieth ounces of gold per month, child support. That's a lot of money. But of course, they're doing it in Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve. So what you do is you go in and challenge. You you ask for a declarative statement of what he's requiring you to pay, and he has to tell you money of account. And if he doesn't do that, he's in violation of law. Now, if he converts it to money of account, it's going to be one twentieth of twenty of two hundred. So once they do that. It's only one twentieth of what the judgment is, so now you write them a check. Because <laughs> that check comes from a U.S. bank, and U.S. banks only have authority to issue funds in money of account. The Federal Reserve System has never been given permission to operate through U.S. banks except as a military script. And the only time military script operates during a wartime necessity, they cannot prove wartime right now. So you get them that way. I save tens of thousands of dollars using uh, the brief I have on money of argument. If, if uh, Angela wants to type out uh, my website on the uh, on her uh, chat print there, she's sure welcome to do that. I would, uh, and I could, uh, these these uh, briefs oh, that I oh, have, they're, they're very complex. website is, is I was going to say your website is also um, it's on our guest speakers page. If they click on your name, it posts your website. But I just put it in the chat. So. Okay, good, good. You're done. That's a, that's <laughs> an excellent way. Uh, this, the, this child support is a, one of the biggest scams in, in the court in the courts, and uh, Lewis Ewing discovered a lot. Uh, he got involved in this a lot. He really brought a lot of this stuff forward. i got to give them credit for that. So uh, that's how I would, uh, if there's no marriage license, um, you've got a lot of power to go against them. And even if there is a marriage license, you could probably go after the fact that uh, there was no full disclosure. Uh, right. Because the, guess, guess where the marriage license of a state operates? Anybody got a guess? <laughs> On, on the land, right on the land, <laughs> yes. on state, on state land. So you you were yeah. going, you made it, you made a wrong turn. You went in the wrong office. You should have went across the street because we only deal with people that live on our land. And, and sir, you weren't one of those people. So sorry. Here's your money back. Yeah, that's it pretty is. funny. It well, is. Probably it is. Probably refund then too, right? You probably get all that <laughs> refunded whatever you paid in. Well. They 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 will squirm. They go, my gosh, we make billions we make billions of dollars on these fees. Uh, this is not good. We gotta get this guy paid off. Get, get some hush money to him. Make him sign a document that you can't tell us, tell anybody that you're giving him his money back. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's what I would do. I don't yeah. think uh, I think very few people in America actually have a marriage license. Because there was no, <laughs> they didn't qualify. 
for that marriage license. They were not residents of the of the state. Yeah, and they didn't know they were they were didn't know they were mar- marrying the state either in a contract. Well, that's that's re- that's actually revealed in the uh, in the statute. But uh, I was in court once, and the judge said they 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 did challenge that uh, you know that I wasn't I wasn't revealed in this contract. And the judge says, well, the statutes are on the internet. The statutes are the written laws are in, in the uh, state house. You can go look at them anytime you want. Well, he didn't he didn't buy that. But I would challenge the. Uh, you know, where does that license operate? It's no different than the fishing license. It only operates on their land. Yeah. So, uh, see, that's that's the part that's really not revealed to you. You could put 20 witnesses in the witness chair, and every one of them would say, I didn't know that only 1.4% of Nebraska was state land, and that's where this various license operates. I was deceived. Yeah. A lot of deception going around, man. <laughs> The closer you look, the more you see. Yes, and it's very, very much like the story of uh, Alice in Wonderland and the, uh, what, what, which one was the Yellow Brick Road? That that also talks about. Wizard that of Oz. Was, it was the Wizard yeah. of Oz, yeah. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. Who's that man behind that curtain? The whole thing was a joke. Um, yeah. it, it's funny. And a lot of those stories were written because by people that understood, had a good handle of... Uh, by Uncle, our, our good old Uncle Sam. Right. Follow the yellow brick road. Gold. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, we say that all the time, don't we? Uh, follow the follow the, the money trail. Yeah. The I never even thought about that. The yeah. And then Emerald <laughs> City is green, like Federal Reserve notes. Right? Yeah. Green? Yeah. I know, I know. And ori- I, I originally re- in the book, her slippers were not ruby, they were silver. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Darn. They added that for color, I guess, for the movie. But uh, uh, the book, it, she had silver slippers on. Yeah. Because it yeah. represented the gold and silver of the time, I guess. And Then you look at the the wizard, I mean... <laughs> Wouldn't that make a flying monkey a, a U.S. citizen? <laughs> the flying monkeys are the IRS agents working for the wicked witch. <laughs> exactly. I don't know who the wicked witch represents. Uh, I, well, the Federal Reserve. <laughs> you know, you pour a bucket of water on her and she evaporates because it's all fake. Yeah, all, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I never thought about it. it. You liquidated her. Yeah. Liquid. yeah and then the, the good witch, you know, she put everybody to sleep with the the poppies, which are heroin, and then she woke everybody up with snow, which is, you know, amphetamines of some sort, cocaine. <laughs> I mean, the whole <laughs> thing is so symbolic. Oh, darn. I didn't even know all this. That's, that's, I'm going to oh, have to watch gosh. that movie again and have you on the phone explaining it to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there are several different, uh, uh, de- uh, well, breakdowns of it. Different people have broken it down, and some are really long and elaborate. But they all make sense. The tin man, his tax identification number. <laughs> the cowardly lion is like, that's the U.S. citizen. We're like, dumb. You know, we bend over, go ahead, kick me again, you know. And then you've got the straw man, which is the straw man, your all capital letter name. I mean, the whole thing is just 
really uh, well hidden symbols yeah. and stuff. That guy yeah. bomb. Well, I'd like oh, to be it. done here about ten o'clock, so we got yeah. seven more minutes okay. or so. Is, do we oh, have another Oz, question out there? Oz is Oz is O Z for ounces. The Wizard ah. of Oz. I'll be done. Um, let's see. <laughs> yeah, I'll, if I find the breakdown, I'll send it to you. Um, anybody want to ask a question? Press star eight. Otherwise, I guess we could wrap it up a little earlier if you like, or. It's up to you. Whatever. It's up to you. I don't have you any more have, questions. You, you ought to have a uh, talk show just on the Wizard of Oz. That would be fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I always hey, do that, huh? Oh, wait. Hey, so we have two hands just went up. Go ahead, though, Greg, because you finish up. Uh, I just want to say, Paul, thanks for uh, taking the time and, and visiting with us. Good to hear you. Sure. Uh, <laughs> take a look at my website. Uh, that's where I have a lot of my uh, material that I uh, give templates to people that uh, almost everything I spoke about, uh, for example, I've never lost a credit card case. Um, I was the first guy to win a federal case in Florida in 10 years uh, in the government. Uh, so I, I, I've been in jail five and a half years. I've never done anything wrong. I've had four head prosecutors resign when I served territorial jurisdiction challenges upon them, uh, lots and lots of things. I've got a tremendous amount of experience. I've been in court hundreds and hundreds of times. So uh, I'm not talking about experimental stuff here. I've, I've, I've gone through the, the landmines on, on almost all this stuff. So, okay. But once we, I think the, the number one thing is to push these rascals back on their land, and they're really not a problem if we do that. Most important thing. Okay, we got so a couple we, more people. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I will. Mean, if you want to be done by ten, we've got like eleven minutes. So, go sure, ahead, Rick. Sure. Did you have a question? Yeah, I have a question. Uh, even there, Paul. It's a kind of a quick one. I, uh, there's a, man, a gentleman on YouTube. I believe uh, the uh, subject line is "Beat the Courts and Child Support uh, Tickets and Whatnot." But he goes into the uh, where in December. I believe it was 26, 1934, that the Congress, uh, all the states had passed, that all the states gave up their citizenship. Any public official had took uh, an oath at office, gave up their citizenship to the United Nations. Have you heard anything about that? I've been trying to do that for learning to discover it. Uh, about six, eight months, and I just can't seem to get any solid evidence on that. I, it, it appears to me like there is some type of uh, uh, a coup going on, almost to give partial jurisdiction to the to the United Nations and things like that. And I I don't um, I don't think it really is that big of a deal right now, but it's certainly something that we should monitor. And uh, you know, if you can take control of our military, you're taking control of a lot of our lives, a lot of our our protection. Very important. Everybody should stop volunteering. Yes, and 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 uh, there's something that people should understand that uh, if you're drafted, they're trying to trick you into a military contract. You're not contracted into the military until you step forward and take the oath of, of service. Well, I, I was referring um, to like the the judges or uh, police officers. Sure, or, uh, sure. Say to yeah, or anything. That. 
when they gave up the oath of office, they gave up their U.S. citizenship, and therefore they're a foreign entity operating in these court systems. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'd have to have somebody do a lot more research on that. I, I think it's, I think a lot of it's mythology right now. Okay. Well, thank you. Wrong. Okay. Good question. You. Next. Okay, South Texas. Go ahead, South Texas. You've been unmuted. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, how long did it take you to learn all this stuff, and especially all the underlying stuff that goes with it? Hi, Mike. Well, I, uh, I've been involved in this for 25 years, but uh, a, a lot of it is, uh, is has been acquired because of uh, paying attention to hundreds of other people that went through the hell and uh, did research. And, uh, you know, I heard them talk about it, and I said, well, that's a puzzle that fits perfectly. So eventually, eventually you have this whole puzzle that's not missing that many pieces. I don't, I'm not confused about hardly anything in relationship with the United States anymore. Used to be I had almost no understanding. But every year I get another piece of puzzle that fits right in there, makes perfect sense. It's, uh, it, 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 it works well with everything else. And, um, but anyway, um, uh, it, it, uh, if you got to my web, if you if you read my website, you're going to get 25 years of experience, and uh, that's that's what I'd recommend. I can't, I can't. His, let me say, let me say what your website is. It's pauljhanson.com. Paul J. Paul P A U. Oh, is it? Is there two J's there? Yeah. I'm blind. I'm going blind. Boy, it looks like one to me. Ah, uh, and I okay. just took it from the website. Uh, um, oh yeah, you're right. I'm, Paul JJ Hanson.com. All right, I'm Paul done. Uh, Angela, um, you can uh, you can meet me out. I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have my call uh, I'm gonna have my call later tonight at 12 Eastern. Okay, and what's the call ID on it? One one four two zero. Well, wait, 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 wait. One four two three zero six. One four two three zero six. Okay, at midnight Eastern, Money yeah. Mike's having a call. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank after you. call. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, we've got uh, seven minutes to spare. Oh, here, one last one. Go ahead, Vermont. This is your the last caller. Hi, Angela. This is a question for you. I have tried several times to get on your um, website, and I don't know how to do it. I may be the stupidest person in the world, but I know I got on it once a couple of years ago, but I can't get on now. I'd love to look at some of the research and stuff that you have on there, especially from this gentleman tonight. How do I well, do maybe that? Maybe you blocked it. I mean, I don't know if you just go to myprivateaudio.com. Yeah, I do. And then a screen comes up, but I can't get on it. I mean, it doesn't say anything. It doesn't say anywhere up. how to go on the archives or anything else like that. What does what kind of what does the screen look like when it comes up? Oh, it's got a picture of that wonderful, ugly judge in the upper left-hand corner, and then it says, okay. "If you want to join the call, if you want to join the call, press here." That's kind of in the middle, and on the right-hand side, it talks about who follows. Are you looking at it from a computer or on your phone? Uh, on the computer. Yeah, well, if you want to, I mean, there's a search engine above the ugly judge's head. Yeah. You can search for any document in the website, and there's hundreds, probably thousands now. And then if you want to see the guest speakers up at the top of the website, 
there's a band that goes across. It's gray. And it says, you know, one says guest speakers. One says, you know, IRS. One says uh, no, Dan Benno. I, I don't have it, but I'll have, to, I'll have to go look for that search button. I'm not in front of the computer right now. I'm on the oh, phone. Okay. But I'll, I'll try it again. Oh. Thank you. All right. But Unless I'm you accidentally blocked it, or maybe your your viral software might have blocked it. I don't That's know. That's possible. That's possible. I'll have to check that out. But I really enjoyed okay. the show tonight, and I appreciate everything that um, Mr. Hanson said because I think he's right on the money. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate hearing that, you know. I'm glad. Yeah. I appreciate him coming on also. As a matter of fact, he's one of the few people I would, you know, say I recommend for if you need help with your work. He's not mm-hmm. going to rip you off. And he's going to get it done right, or he's going to help mm-hmm. you get it done right, I should say. So I agree with you, and I appreciate him coming on and, and sharing his information with us. No, thank, thank you, you for coming on and saying that. Thank you. Another, another good show. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Uh, wait, thank you. Goodbye. But don't hang up. <laughs> okay. Stay on the call. <laughs> All right, Southeast Colorado, you're the last one. Go ahead. You've got three minutes, four minutes. Uh, hey, Angela. Hey, Paul. Um, there is a uh, common law trial going on right now, and they're doing it on a conference call. And uh, I think they'd uh, appreciate your input, Paul, if you're interested. Paul? What happened to Paul? Whoa, wait a minute. Where'd he go? Oh, did he get kicked off? Oh, good grief. Oh, my goodness. Well, Hold on he, a second. He, he said he uh, was going to go at the top of the hour. But... Well, he still has uh, time, though. Um, oh. Um, geez, he, he, what the hell? Oh, wait. We, uh, okay, Northeast Ohio. Is that you, Paul? <clears throat> Northeast Ohio. Yeah, oh the guy who just said about the common law court, could he give us some information so we can find out about it? Yeah, if you go okay. to 4-cd.com, that it'll tell you all about it. They had uh they had it last night on the call. Uh I don't have the call numbers in front of me, but that site'll give them to you on the Wednesday night call. And uh, so they're doing. They did it last night, and they didn't come to any conclusion. So I suspect they'll be doing it again Wednesday coming up. But that side so will tell I you all about four? it. Pardon? Or do I write out the four, or is it F O U R? Oh, uh, it's numeral four. Dash cd dot com. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, and they they'll they'll appreciate uh, any interest. It, it they they did similar to what uh, Paul was talking about. They didn't have quite as big a jury pool as he does, but but it was all from Colorado. So uh, anyway, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting case. It's uh, they've got um, oh they got they've got eight people charged. They they haven't caught the ninth on on weird stuff down in Denver. So trying to do common law grand juries. So anyway, it's uh 
Yeah, it's right along with, in, in with what uh, Paul is talking about. Are they, are using they doing your... it online? Yeah, I, I was going to say, are they using the Internet? But uh, Well, they're doing they it on a conference, conference They're doing it on a conference call, and everybody's welcome on the call. The the gallery's muted, and the jurors are not. Okay, so you're just listening. Uh, And whether they're running an Internet thing at the same time, I haven't been on online in a while, so uh, they may or may not be, but that site will tell you all about that part. Is anybody doing a video conferencing? Well, uh, no, but, but people people are calling from all over. So, um, yeah, I don't know what if they have it. Uh, they must have it on paper somewhere. They've got a secretary and that stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Mm, I'm I'm pro- I'm probably not enough familiar enough with all those kind of details to catch up on that part? Well, thanks what, for uh, bringing it up. Pardon? Yeah, Claude, I, I, thank you. I don't know what happened to Paul. I can't see him anywhere, so maybe his battery died or something. I don't know. Go ahead, Quad 52108. Did you want to ask or say something? Uh, yeah, I was just wanting to um, inquire, ask Paul in regards to uh, on his process in regards to uh, the notice of federal tax lien. Oh, go to his website. I think it's the it begins the the page on I think or it's on his website when you go there. You have okay. the link for his website. Uh, not right offhand. I can. Uh, it's it uh, your... pauljjhanson dot com. Okay. PaulJJHanson.com, and he spells Hanson, H-A-N-S-E-N. And uh, I guess... Is it, uh, is it, is it the same link uh, as on your site here? Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay. And scroll down, he starts, he's talking about liens, I think, on the homepage there, about how liens are... They're only good for seven years, I guess, and they expire or something. I I, I think that's what it says. On right. Okay. I do see that now. Yeah. Oh, but contact him. He's got a. You can contact him from the website okay. there if you want to get him to help you out because he's real good with his paperwork, and he's real good with explaining things so you learn. You know. Okay. He's, do you, Do you know yeah, where he's? Do you know where he's from or, or what part of the country he's, he's in on? Nebra- uh, he's in Nebraska. Oh, okay. Okay. So, not too close to me, but <laughs> close to you. Uh-huh. Closer to me. Closer to me. But, you know, the Internet makes it possible for us to get together, you know, over mass distances. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Right. You don't have to see well, him yeah, in person, from, but I guess uh, you can. If... <laughs> he does those trials on the Internet so people could be anywhere, right? Yeah, that's right. I guess he's not coming back, so. Well, uh, good good show, good show as usual, Angela. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I like him. 
I'm not planning on ending or stopping doing them anytime soon. So as long as I'm able, I will continue. And as soon as I'm unable, I will hand the borrower to somebody else. Let somebody keep, else keep, carry the, the Keep up the good the work. Torch. <laughs> thank you so much. I, I plan on it. I, and thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for coming on the call. We had a good turnout. We always do, though. Um. I, I love you all. Take care of each other. Have a great weekend. Oh, um, let's see. Who are we supposed to have next weekend? Let me see. I mean, next Thursday. Next Thursday, I have here Jesse Rodriguez, but I have not had a confirmation. I will email him and confirm. And then we have, let's see, the following week, we have Bob Locke and then Paul Andrew Mitchell. And then I, that guy, Doc, he won't come on. He said it's not interested, I guess. And then I'm trying for Robert Fox on the 12th of October. But uh, we're booked for a long ways away. So that's good. I'm happy. Well, do you have Paul coming back anytime soon? Or? Paul probably will come back, uh, yeah, probably in October. Okay. Next month. I like having him on. He's really good and he's right and he's he gets things done and he's successful. That's you know, I love success. You know, I, I also like Rich Iverson. I like a lot of people, you know. But you won't hear me advocate for them usually unless I really, you know, trust them. And I trust Paul. So if you guys need help, he's reasonable, you know. He's not going to charge you a million bucks. And he'll show you along the way how to do your process so you'll know what you're doing. And you can share it with others. But, um, okay, I'm going to close it out. Um, Rocco, did you want to say anything? No, I'm good. Great show, though. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be working uh, with uh, Paul. Well, he doesn't know it yet, but uh, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> okay. to. Uh, I'm going to purchase some time. You know, that's what you got to do. So okay. I'm I'm lining up. I mean, I'm you know since 2009. You know, since you started, I've I've talked to you. I've been here, and and this is I got a lot of stuff. I already have like like one of the things this whole uh, common law court, common law judgment. I've already got a uh, a judgment, you know, negative affirmance. And I'm gonna revisit and go back and deal with jurisdiction. At the very first uh, yeah. step of this game, yeah, I'm I'm that gonna go. That sounds like in the and, first thing we ought to be questioning yeah, before anything. Absolutely, I'm I'm going in hard on this stuff, so I'm lining everything up so it you know i mean like like we all should what we believe in our ideologies and this war of words and and i'm in, i'm just just going to get my background you know because we all have to present to this government our government hey this is mm. what i'm about this is what i believe in on it for the court public record now and i love the way paul says keep the burden of proof on them Right. You know, I, I love it. It's like, wait a minute, I, I'm going to correct the record here. I'm going to challenge jurisdiction. Then I'm going to hammer you with all all this stuff. So I, I will be I will be sharing my story as I, you know, go into this because we're using these damn courts out of necessity. They have a they have the uh, proverbial guns to our heads. You know. Anyway, all yeah. this contract law, and it's finally. Be, you know, becoming clear to me, and I, I love it. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this whole land thing. You know, land of the U.S. land. I, I just, 
the county, the state, it's all the U.S. I, I'm still got to wrap my mind around it so I can speak this on my feet, defend it. It's all right. Um, it'll it'll make sense to yeah, you. You'll have one exactly. of them aha moments, just I, I like know. everybody I, does. You know, I mean, you heard I'm, it a million times, and then one time you hear it again, and it's like, oh my god, I get it now. You know, yeah. it's so. Yeah. It's a call. It's a culmination. I call legal PTSD. You know, we're all coming, <laughs> coming through. I mean, and then I had to do that time, and then just yeah. now, now, now a year later, I got a year left on on paper, and then still, I'm. Well, hopefully, this can be all be knocked out. Uh, you know, I can finally get on with my life. But in the meantime, we're all struggling to put shelter over our heads, clothes on our clothes on our backs. I mean, it's complicated. You know, I've been doing battle from the trenches, you know, without any weapons. It's like, so it's, it's you know, it's all been been trial and error, it seems like, you know, but absolutely. The the problem is, you know, you've listened, you've listened to, you've gotten the, the wrong information, I think, and wasted a lot of time. I'm not one to tell you that, though. So I let you do your own thing. I let everybody do their own thing. I never really say don't do that or don't do this and do this only. I let everybody find out on your own because that's how you learn. Right. I mean, well, sometimes the price is steep. Absolutely. Steeper than other times. But, uh, you know, I don't think Rocky, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think if you was a Rocky Balboa, you know, the fighter extraordinaire because you're so, you're going up against the beast and you're trying so hard. Well, anyway, now I'm, gonna, I'm in the I'm in the belly of the beast, and I'm getting ready to cut my way out. So I'm Good. pulling out the K bar, and I'm gonna cut my way out. Good. And yeah, and then, well, the biggest thing for me is this whole sovereign. You know, so, people get all messed up on that word. I mean, it rests on the people. The people are sovereign. Well, you know, that's how they confuse us, though. They throw that shit out yes. at us, and they sure, mislead sure. us, and then we run with it in weird directions that we don't know what the hell we're doing. But uh, that's why I like common sense, you know, Paul, J- Paul J.J. Hansen, Rich yeah. Iverson, you know, and all the others, Robert Bob, I, I, and Carl Miller. Oh, yeah, I got one. I can't wait to take on these, these road pirates because I, I have. Paul Andrew work, Mitchell work, is good. Yeah, I, mean, work, I, I have documents yeah. I've made and I borrow from, from everybody because, yeah, these. Especially, yeah, um, Carl Miller, Rich Irish. That's how you do it. You grab what you like from all these different people. Absolutely. And you formulate your own processes, and that's that's what works. Because it (laughs) works so far. Wow, who's that? Somebody's coughing. (laughs) Oh, well. But anyway, (laughs) even, even though... I've learned I take my lumps and he and I, and I took a false profit down in the process, yes. So it all works, you know. People, bad teachers need to be exposed and uh, for what they are. You know, if anybody wants my gold nuggets, I have a whole couple of pages full from different things that people have said on our call that I just captured, different phrases that I think that I've used, and they're wonderful and they're so simple. Email me for that if you'd like it, and I'll send it to you. I have it already in an email. I keep it in my draft folder because I keep adding to it, you know. And right. It's a well, wonderful thing. Send it on over. Okay. Well, Don't send me it. an email or else I'll forget. Okay. All right. Now I'm, uh, okay, that's it. I guess he never came back. 
Um, oh, well. <laughs> I'm sorry that happened. Uh, we lost Paul, but he'll be back again soon, I'm sure. Uh, and you just find him on his website. Go to uh, com. And to Charles is saying, Angela, can you announce my conference tomorrow night here? Of course, darling. Let's see here. It's tomorrow evening, and the master, the ID is 10929. And what time are you doing it, Charles? I'm not going to the link. Uh, let me go there. Okay, I'm going to the link. Hold on. File, new window. Put in the link, paste, enter. Okay. Charles's call is at 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Call ID again is 10929. Posted by Charles. Uh, guess it's regarding constitutional government. And Jural Society Organizing and Empowerment. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, everybody. Oh, wait. Panhandle, Texas. Go ahead, Panhandle, hey, uh, Texas. Yes. Hey, have you heard? Did you hear? Uh, uh, have you seen that uh, affidavit that David Merlin put out there on the. Which one? Uh, on the death sentence and uh, imprisonment of. Uh, all the public officials that are committing crimes. Um, is that the one that's in the criminal complaint? Yeah. It's Congress? Yeah. yeah I've I, seen I, it. Well, no. This is a new one that oh. he just put out and got that guy out of prison the other day. Oh, no. I, I don't know about the new one. I haven't seen the new one. Send yeah. it to me, will you? Well, I, I don't have it. That's why I just thought I'd oh. call if maybe you, you could get what Chappie and get it. You know, because Chappie has got that. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I will try. I will email him like for it. I'd like to have that because, uh, I mean, he just blasted him. All right. I, I could probably just email Dave and ask yeah. him for it. Is, is he handing it out? Yeah. Yeah. He said that uh, he's finished with it, with it and he put it out the other day. But, uh, and, and I have uh, a copy of last your... call. And uh, he said that he was going to move out of the country. He was going uh, to Hawaii to do a tax case. And then he's uh, moving out of the country because he said the country's so corrupt and stuff. And he said he just can't take Seattle out there no more. But, uh, yeah, he, well, let me make sure you see here. Dave. What? Dave Merlin. Yeah. Is he still data, data, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to say yeah. that here. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right, please. May I have a copy of your latest affidavit? Yeah. And there, I just sent it. You did. You good? Because we all need that because that's a that's a open and shut case on them guys. You know because they're using uh, Title eighteen two four. Did you check and see if he posted it on his conference call? Yeah, I checked. He's a, he does talk I checked to it and. Uh, I it looked at this uh, title eighteen twenty three eighty one, and this uh, uh, title eighteen two forty one that he's got out. But 
I couldn't get the. Uh, I'd like to get that affidavit so I could crush these guys, because it's it's saying in the affidavit that they they can be hung by the neck, and that they can do ten years in prison or five years in prison and ten thousand dollar pl- fine plus be hung by the neck until dead. He's got that out. <laughs> And that would be the great for the people he, to have that. Oh, there it is. No confidence. I was looking down my list of talk show calls yeah. so I could go to his, let me see, his no confidence and see, because that was on his last call. That was on the second. Is that what you think? Oh, no. This was uh, on the sixth oh, yeah, on right. Chappie's call. He was on there talking. Oh. oh. And, uh, so that was oh, on the okay, sixth. yeah. So Did that was on Chappie's call. I'm, I was on just Dave Merlin's. Let me go to Chappie's call. Hold on a second. Yeah. It, was a, American, it was a kicker. What is it? And, I mean, the people need to have that because uh, we can go in there and crush them guys now. You know what All Chappie's call is called? Yeah. You know what Chappie's call is called? Uh, American Liberties. Okay. That's what I thought. Let me see. Yeah. These are in alphabetical order. I wish they were. Oh. Wish they would put these listings in. Uh, but it was his last. I call. have so many. Yeah. <laughs> oh it was my last god! Yeah, there's so many here. On the six. All right, I'm looking. I'm looking. American Liberties, Chappie. There you go. Okay, let me click on that. And okay, on the sixth. Uh, nope, he doesn't have it. I mean, the call is posted, but he didn't post any. Documents, no, documents yeah. with it. But he yeah. said he did already to a certain amount of people that he sent a, you know, a few of Oh, them really? Out. Oh, well, maybe somebody will hear this and send it to me. Or else I'll email Chappie. But I, Boy, I'd like Dave to have that, now, too, because so. I'd like to well, go in there Dave and just email. mash them. Because, see, the right, limitation never runs out. Email me for it, and that way if Dave sends it to me, I'll send you a copy. Okay, Angela, I appreciate you. Hey, thanks, man. Good show. I like old Thank John so Paul Hanson. He's a good guy. Me, me too. I think so too. Do me a favor when you email me, put in the subject line. Um, okay. Dave Merlin. Affidavit. Yeah. Okay. So I okay. know. Thanks, Angela. All right, great. Have a You're nice welcome. evening. God Thank bless you, honey. Thank you. You too. God bless yep. you. You be careful out Thanks. there. I okay. Bye bye. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, well, everybody, it's been a pleasure, I, as always. Rocco, thank you so much. I love having you on with me. I love sure. your feedback. Uh, let's see. Did uh, here come back, Nebraska? No, oh, I guess not. So, <laughs> I'll have to find out what happened. And uh, I want to schedule his next visit with us before... I forget. <laughs> I'm not that good at remembering. Um, okay. Like I said before, everybody, have a great weekend. Stay dry. Stay cool if you're in California or in the Midwest, wherever it's hot. Stay dry and warm. I mean, and cool. And uh, you guys are having hurricanes. I'm sorry. I feel so bad for you. Stay cool. No, stay warm and stay dry there, too. All right, everybody. See you next time. Good night. Yeah, we'll see you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.